0: Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Monday evening. I am in New York City, where I attended the Brooklyn Nets Media Day today. Nothing happened there. Don't worry. Joining us from uh, New Orleans is Andrew Lopez, who attended the New Orleans Pelicans Media Day today. Nothing happened there, right, Andrew? No surprises?
1: nothing, Nothing at all. I don't even know why you asked me on this podcast, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Joining us from Oakland, California is Mark Spears. Mark went to the Golden State Warriors media day today. Mark, nothing, nothing happened there at all.
2: Nah, man, just to talk about some chowder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When I, so uh, Kyrie, we found out that Kyrie was not going to be appearing at Nets media day today because he was not compliant with um, the uh, COVID protocols in New York. I I had to file a story behind the scenes, I know, and, and uh, I just I got into the meet to the uh, pre- Durant was the first guy up at 10 a.m. And uh, obviously I wanted to be there for that. and So I like slid into like a, a seat in the back row, like two minutes before Durant came in. And uh, I look over to my left and like three feet away from me is this guy with this. He's wearing a mask and it's this really bushy beard. But I did a double take real quick. And I was like, damn, that guy looks like David Letterman. And I just went on and I was getting my stuff ready, getting my tape recorder going. And then this guy uh, leans over and he goes, how you doing? David Letterman. Do you have a, um, a notebook? And I was like, hello there. Uh, no, I don't. I have a tape recorder. Um, very strange. I, uh, in this job, we, get, we have the fortune of meeting and being around a lot of celebrities. Yeah. But you don't expect it just caught me way off guard. And, uh, he, he like the third question up, he asks. he stands up and asks Durant. He
2: stands like, up.
0: Yeah. You know, you could tell he wasn't <laughs> used to being in the media. He stands up. And, uh, he asked Durant like three very lame joke questions. He obviously doesn't still have his writers. From was it, was it
1: one about the Pelicans? Uh, about, about the Pelicans? About this Pelicans yeah, that was
0: like his walk offline. Do you laugh? Well, first off, Durant got, I'm sure Durant knew he was going to be there. I'm sure the Nets told him.
2: Well, let's hope I, so. I would, yeah, I would hope so.
0: But Durant, I don't know if he was in on some joke that I will find out whenever this comes out, but Durant kind of dismissed him. And I don't blame him because the jokes were terrible. And then on his way out, he goes, When you guys play the Pelicans, do you laugh? And Durant was like, get out of here, Dave. He actually said that. And that was it. He left and went away. And then like an hour later, Blake Griffin came in. And somebody said, hey, did you meet David Letterman? And he goes, David Letterman was here? Like, he, I mean, he genuinely didn't know. And um, like, he finished answering a question. He's like, hey, wait a minute. What was David Letterman doing here? Like, Blake was totally <laughs> unaware. But the whole thing was so bizarre. And here's the other thing. Like, the, the Kyrie news had just come down and like, I don't want to say it was like a tension filled room, but there was like a pall cast over the media room. It was not an exciting moment. And so Letterman's cracking these jokes and like. Wrong day. <laughs> nobody in that room was interested in laughing.
2: I, I actually thought the second question was funny. The next question was funny.
0: What was the next question?
2: The next question was. Oh, Knicks, the Knicks. Will he play for the Knicks on off days? I actually the, thought that was funny.
0: That was the one where he said, get out of here.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, He
0: said, you're done, Dave. That must have been
2: part of some movie or something. Was there like some... Not that what we're talking about today, but I am intrigued by it.
0: No, there was a camera there to record it. But I I don't understand. I don't know what it was for. So I guess we'll find out at some point. Yeah. Uh, Biff was nowhere to be found. Okay. Uh, So, Andrew, you... You uh, and we'll talk about uh, the Nets uh, and Kyrie in a minute, Andrew. You uh, you genuinely surprised me today when I read your tweet uh, while I was sitting through Nets interviews. And um, what did what did you find out when you uh, started your reporting today with David Griffin, the general manager of the Pelicans?
1: Yeah, so we we were sitting in Pelicans media day. David Griffin starts at at ten a.m. just goes on for about four or five minutes and then all of a sudden just drops a a huge bomb right right in the middle of his presser uh, that Zion Williamson had foot surgery in the offseason and that was one of the reasons why he wasn't around the team for uh, some offseason activities this uh, injury happened prior to summer league Uh, and I remember him uh not He wasn't at Summer League with the team where, where we could see him. He didn't uh, attend any games. This would, I guess, explain uh, at least part of that. And he said Zion is, you know, they're hopeful. They expect him to be ready for the regular season. Or he said uh, they expect him to be, Willie Green said, hopeful. I asked Zion. Zion says, I will be ready. But it was uh, a very weird uh, just drop in the middle of a, uh, you know, the start of your, your presser that, you know, your, your, your superstar just had, uh, you know, surgery on his foot. So um, but apparently he, he will be ready for the season, but it, it definitely caught, uh, caught a few people off guard.
0: I mean, I'll take him for his word. I don't think that Zion has returned early from injuries in his career. And this is a big man with a foot injury. Yeah. Um, it's not good news. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's early season. It, if he misses a little bit of time, um you know it's not going to define the season but it's another injury for him and it means he wasn't able to stay in shape uh in his playing shape during the summer he 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 said he didn't work with his teammates I think you know they relocated to Nashville after the hurricane and you told me he wasn't in Nashville right
1: right he so uh, instead of doing informals in you know, whatever destination city or the city that they're normally supposed to be, in. they were going to. There, the plan was to do informals in New Orleans. However, Zion had to or was not in Nashville. They didn't in Nashville because of Hurricane Ida, and there was just a, a lot of uncertainty in the city. So they they moved to Nashville basically for two weeks. They spent one week at Belmont, one week at Vanderbilt, uh, and Zion was not there for that. And Griff says he was he was not there because. Uh, he was dealing with the rehab for for the foot. The same in a city that definitely needs some good
2: news right now. I mean, me and me and Drew really know this, but yep. family family situations out there. I got like, like some, uh, some like, roof repairs right behind me. If you exactly want to <laughs> like to to like bring this up on like media day, it had to be like you know crushing to the Pelicans nation.
1: I'll, I will say this: in dealing with the family and dealing with the injuries, they are. His family likes to keep things very, very, very private. Pure speculation. I, I would assume if he is going to have surgery on a foot, instead of saying something in July or or August, you know, whenever this happened, we always always were told it was it was pre summer league. If we're going to be told this in August, and hey, you know, he should be ready for the regular season. Well, the last time we had a oh he should be ready for this date type situation. It was a six to eight week timeline that turned into a thirteen week timeline. So, if this was the case, let him do his rehab, let him do everything he needs to do, and then go from there. By all accounts, he will be ready for the regular season. If not, you know, maybe it's a, a game or two. But you know, when I, when I asked him, he said he's he's going to play in the first game. Obviously, the team is using hopeful and shoulds and shoulds and all this kind of stuff. But um, I, I will. The, the timing was weird, but that is. That is how the family likes I to I really,
0: really want to say something right now, but it'll get me in trouble.
1: Yes, it will. So I'm just going to say
0: it's not like we weren't going to know. This is one thing I don't always understand. I am not an NBA player. I have never had my uh, knee surgery or ankle injury reported on publicly, so it's difficult for me to say it. It's not like it's going to stay secret. Yeah. And when you operate like this, um, especially in the air, <laughs> I continue to say yeah, the NBA is completely in bed with the gambling establishment. Their owners are filing paperwork in every city they can to put sports betting in their, in their arenas. You can't operate like this with this type of information. And I know they didn't play any games, but there were people who knew about this, and that gives them an advantage and if you're going to play in and take the sports gambling money, you're going to have to play more fairly. That's one issue. The other issue is if you have to walk on water or, I mean, you know, walk on thin ice, I should say, it doesn't always indicate the strongest trust level of relationship, um, you know, with, uh, with organization and, and players. So, but that's a, a little speculative on my behalf. Um, hold then, on And so. Brian,
2: if, we, if we, let's assume that they did announce it back when it happened, you know, then certainly there would have been some questions. And maybe Griff does something over the phone with everybody. And then come media day, okay, now we know. We get to talk to them. It's a different vibe, right? right. And they're like, oh, by I'm the just, way.
0: I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> Pelicans over-unders have been out there for a while. Yeah, And, you know, I I keep saying this and nobody seems to be caring. Maybe I'm the crazy one. Um, Somebody just knocked at my hotel room door. Hold on one second. (laughs) You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the Clutch Hits, Strikeouts, Grand Salamis, Web Gems with nothing on your roof. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. He's early. Are you guys are late.
2: What's that?
1: Oh, look oh. at this guy.
0: You
2: guys able to be it. in the same room together?
0: Tim Bontemps, first time I've seen him since February 2020, right? On. At the All-Star Game? Yes.
2: Yeah, you're you're
0: out not out. on this podcast, though.
2: No, put him in. Why not?
0: No, he's on this podcast.
2: <laughs> Did you guys hug it out?
0: Yes, absolutely. He's allegedly taking me to some restaurant here in uh, New York.
2: Uh
0: oh. Um. All right. So Spears in um, your Golden State Warriors media day today.
2: We picked the good ones, didn't we? Yeah,
0: a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of interesting things happening there. I'd like to. I'd like to talk about Draymond Green being at the Rams game in LA yesterday and then taking several days off for personal reasons, but they're personal, so I'll just let that go. Uh, I suppose we should talk about Andrew Wiggins, um, who um, the uh, it, it's it, it's it's in effect right now in New York, which is why Kyrie couldn't be there today. It is not effect yet in um, San Francisco that um, because uh, he is not compliant with the health and safety protocols of uh, players in San Francisco, he, um, it's going to be an issue. So Spears, what was the, you were there for the back and forth that he had with the media. Can you describe how that went?
2: Um, it was very interesting room. I mean, one, it was interesting because it was like uh, the first time in a while that we've been in a room with the Warriors, you know, like, Um, Jordan Poole said he missed us and was happy to see us. Because, you know, you got to remember, we're doing all these things in Zoom. And um, so now we're finally back in the Chase Center, back in a room where we could talk to the players. All the media was masked. And then the unvaccinated guy had his mask off, (laughs) Which kind of put out an odd scenario, right? And, you know, it initially started... With Wiggins basically saying, hey, this is a personal matter. Hope you guys can respect it. But um, there were a lot of, uh, you know, journalists that were very inquisitive. And eventually, um, I think he decided he needed to talk and certainly kind of answer some of the questions. And it it got a little tense in there um, because, you know, he was asked about, Wiggins was asked about missing games. Which means missing money, and if he was okay with that, and he tersely told a, a reporter from, uh, basically, hey, that's not your money, so don't worry about it, you know. And uh, then there was, uh, you know, well, the media does this, and you know, you know, a room never goes good with a.
0: That was an incredible line um, because yeah. it's it's true. It's, I, I mean, and so here's the thing is. Um, Last year, when Kyrie violated uh, protocol, somebody else uh, had this happen, too. Kyrie violated protocol. He got uh, basically a, a sentence of quarantine. He lost some game checks. Happened with Harden, too, but he didn't miss any games. Um, Kyrie missed two games. He lost the game checks, $400,000 each. He also got fined from the NBA. Um so that was in the end that was the NBA's rule that he violated, the NBA's protocols. This is San Francisco's protocols, but it's very clear that the NBA seems to be supporting this. So we don't exactly know that he's gonna lose money, but it seems likely
2: well, yeah, I mean it seems likely thing, that that's like, what's gonna happen. If in San Francisco's not playing, like the Bay Area is not playing. Like I live the town where I live in is ninety-four percent vaxxed, right? Like Bontemps used to live out here. Like This is a very educated, um, medical, uh, respecting area of the country. And so they're not, like San Francisco, if you think about it, San Francisco was a first city that, and uh, maybe Bontemps, you were gone by then, but before the Rudy Gobert incident, the Warriors actually were playing about to play the Nets in a game where no fans were going to be allowed to go. And that was going to be the first game uh, in the early days of the American pandemic in which a professional franchise was not going to allow fans to be there, the San Jose Sharks. So anyways, basically what I'm saying is like, this is a tough city to not be vaccinated in. Can't go anywhere to eat without a vaccination card. And so there was a lot of tough questions for Wiggins which he, he it, it, toward the end, it, it was starting to uh, be a kind of a, a very tense room. Um, I don't think anybody asked him any questions out of pocket, but you could tell that it, there was, the emotions were starting to get high with him. And, um, you know, we even asked Steph about it later, about the possibility of Wiggins losing 41 games that he can't play in San Francisco. You got to remember, he can't play in Sacramento, can't play in L.A. either. Those were like he can't play in New York, yeah. But like, in, those are
0: maybe can't so play you're, in Toronto, where he's yeah. Drunk. So, we're
2: talking about Pacific Division games, too. Like, you're playing Sacramento twice in Sac. you're playing the Lakers and Clippers each twice, so that's 47 games right there. You add the Knicks, you add the Nets, you add Toronto, that's 50, you know. So, like, and that's asked, assuming
0: that there's no other cities that, yeah, that's that's
2: just that's today. And then so we, Steph was asked about the thought of your starting small forward with Clay already being out, missing a tremendous amount of games. And you remember Steph has talked to Dr. Fauci too. (laughs) Like did a a IG live with Dr. Fauci and he just said, hey, you know, that's not something he's excited about in the least. So um, you got a star in Steph who's been talking to Dr. Fauci. You got a fan base that Certainly is is pro-vax, super pro-vax, and you got a guy on the Players Association, vice president with Inegadala, who's kind of trying to be Switzerland with the whole. Yeah, thing. what did
0: what did he say today? He had a he said uh, I, I don't remember. Wigan, I mean, like
2: um, Igadala was basically saying that he supports, you know, Wiggins stands by his side, and it's. We'll get him all the necessary. He, um, he said he supports
0: influence. his values. That's what yeah. he
2: said. And he said he's a person of strong values. He supports his values and he'll help him in any way possible. But um, yeah, man, it's. Um, that's the
0: thing about, you know, a couple of things here. First off.
2: It's, there's a lot there, it's, right?
0: It's, a, it's a, yes. There's an interesting situation that's happened here that players in New York and San Francisco have an are having an extra burden placed on them that players in other places are not having. Now, depending on where you are on in this debate and something around like 90% of the league's players have been vaccinated. um, You don't think it's an issue at all, but there are other people who would say that this is really inequitable because Bradley Beal also came out in, in uh, Washington today. And Very, you know, strongly backed up the fact that he's unvaccinated and doesn't want to be vaccinated. And I don't want to get into the medical stuff back and forth. This is not a medical podcast. But basically, you know, said some things that, um, you know, don't necessarily have mainstream uh, medical support, um, um, you know, behind them. He's in Washington. He doesn't have the same. He's not going to be able to play in New York. Actually, he will be able to because he's a visiting player. Um, that's a different standard he has to apply that he has to deal with in the same league. So in a way, you know, Kyrie and Wiggins were given a difficult hand that they are having to deal with. Um, but this is also there's there's laws in different cities. Players pay different tax rates in different cities. There's other you know in some places marijuana is legal in other places yeah. it's not yeah. legal. I mean that is the reality of you playing in 29 different markets. This just happens to be a very high profile situation and the NBA's hands are tied. The NBA has already enacted rules that make it very tough to be unvaccinated. But in this case, it's not even, they're just, there's not much maneuverability they can have. And I don't see a way, the only thing that I can see, like, I'm sure that, that Kyrie has investigated different ways around this. Uh, I'm sure the lawyers have looked at this and see if there's some way to challenge it. Um, the only other way around this, other than getting vaccinated, is to wait it out and hope that the cases go down <laughs> and that the, maybe they won't, maybe that uh, will be repealed. Um, I don't see another way around it, though. Um, no. And I'm sure Wiggins, part of his frustration, which you could sense today, right, Spears? Yeah. You could sense his frustration is that why do, why do I have to deal with this? Why is this my burden? And this is not the burden of somebody who is playing in Houston or new Orleans.
2: Yeah. He, um, and, and then there's the burden in the locker room where, what if somebody, if he gets it and somebody else gets it, then the blame game starts. Right. See, if you would, uh, you know, I wouldn't, you know, cause you still, I mean, shoot, I, I will, I will tell you this, and I have not said this uh, publicly. Um, like, I, I got COVID during the finals, despite being vaccinated. Yeah. And um, the worst I felt was some slight chills. It, those, I was, and it was during the finals. I found out after game two. So I missed game three, four, and five. And it was uh, basically eight days in a hotel in Chicago. You know, because I got ended up getting tested in Milwaukee, even though I was trying to hang out in Chicago before that game three. Um, and it was very, very scary because, you know, look, I'm a tall guy. I'm not the skinniest guy in the world. And I did wonder if had had I not been vaccinated, would I still be here? You know, I, I lost Seku Smith, a dear friend of mine. I think about him all the time and he didn't even have an opportunity to get this vaccine, you know. So when I hear Bill, who I love and respect as a person, as a player, been very accommodating to me, say, well, you know, well, how, if you get the vaccine, you know, you can still get it. Yeah, it saved my life. I feel like it saved my life. Um, and I, I do think that I don't really believe that all your teammates are going to support you if you don't. And we're not talking about, you know, guys that are at the end of the bench. These are stars of the team that are, are, are playing big roles on these teams, star roles, starting roles that could have a major effect on whether this team wins a title or not, you know, um, obviously Washington doesn't, but they ain't nothing without Beal, you know, the Warriors already without clay to have Wiggins out is devastating to them because they do have high hopes. I
0: mean, I don't know if you don't play half the games and you, are they, is he, I don't know what the rules are. Is he allowed to practice?
2: No, he can't practice in San Francisco.
0: So how do you? You I don't can't even, know even go into op- the
2: facility. Like,
0: how do you operate the? T- I don't know how you. Op- I don't. I mean, obviously they would. They would. They play him, but th- that's not tenable.
2: Yeah. So then, and it, I will it, say it, that- you, you can't tell me it's not going to get tense between you and your your teammates, no. and they keep looking at you like, bro, like, come on, man. You know, how long does that support last?
0: Well, I know, I mean, Andrew, what did Griff say about today in New Orleans? It's a different situation down there. I know you've had, I don't want to speak for you, but I know you've had some personal dealings with it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I had it. I had COVID before vaccines were available and I, I, I got I got it as soon as I could. Um, as, as did most of my family, uh, you know, back when it started to get rolled out in March and April, when we asked Griff about it today. Now, New Orleans does have a, you have to be vaccinated or test positive or I mean, test negative in in previous 72 hours. um, If you want to be anywhere in Orleans Parish, which includes, you know, fans for both the Superdome and the Smoothie King center, any sort of restaurant you have to present your card or your, your negative test. What about players? Does that include players? Players just have to be, if you're not vaccinated, you can, you just have to test negative. So as long as you were doing your normal testing protocol, Yeah. The
0: NBA is doing that. Yeah.
1: Right. So uh, as far as the Pel- Pelicans themselves, we asked Griff about it. He said uh, to his knowledge, he believes there was one player for the Pels um, who didn't have it, possibly two, but he expected everybody uh, to be vaccinated by by the start of the season. The staff was vaccinated and things like that. But, I mean, it's – I mean, we, we had some players today not even really prompted, uh, I want to say, but I remember, like Josh Hart mentioned, like, wanting to you know make sure people get masked up and vaccinated so we can you know get back to normal as as soon as possible but it's a you know it's I think it's a like like kind of like Mark was saying it's a very sensitive subject for some guys and at some point I think once it starts affecting wins and losses for some of these guys I think maybe some of these players are going to look at it a little bit differently and kind of like how Steph mentioned today like it's not acceptable, but you know, he's, it's not an ideal situation for, to be missing your starting forward for 50 games. I mean, yeah, it's, so, it's, a, it's a difficult situation right. for, for players to, who are vaccinated once they have to, I think, start dealing with you know, maybe some, some losses on the court.
0: If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is, all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting and starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you wanna be, Peloton encourages you to just start with thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or bike plus rental at onepeloton.com bike slash rentals. Terms apply. So this brings back back to where I was at with the Nets today to a man. So first off, it it wasn't like this is coming to a head publicly in the last few days, but these teams have known about this ever since these came out. The, the Warriors were well aware that Wiggins was hesitant and knew in the weeks leading up to this. And now the public knows, but trust me, the, Situation existed. Same thing in Brooklyn. And last week, Sean Marks gave a press conference, and he said we have a couple. I think the term he used was a couple. He said, obviously, we have a couple of guys. And I was like, is it obvious? <laughs> it's obvious <laughs> until you say it. But he said we have a couple of guys um, who, who are not compliant right now, but we, ex- we hope everybody's going to be by the start of the season, the start of camp. And today they only had one guy, and that was Kyrie. So that means that there was players, multiple, I don't know if I want to say that. There were, there were guys who last week were not compliant. One, at least one player was not compliant who was. So, so the law you know, forced that player slash players to go forward and do that. That is what the NBA is trying to enforce. And, you know, if in fact that Kyrie is unvaccinated, and I don't want to say for sure he's not, I just will say he's not compliant. You know, he was able to travel with the team out to San Diego today, and they're going to have training camp out there. And he is allowed to practice. The law isn't in effect out there yet. He's, he's allowed to play the Lakers on Sunday if he, if he wants to, if they're going to play him on Sunday in the exhibition game. You know by the letter of the nBA law he's supposed to not be able to fly in the same cabin with the rest of his vaccinated teammates do we honestly i mean I don't know do we honestly believe Kyrie sat in the back of the plane today I don't know
1: he sat, but, he um, said he sat with the team radio guy all the way in the back
0: yeah, I don't know which plane they used uh, but you know in the standard nBA planes that would be the case um, so um you know i, I I, I wonder, you know, his teammates right now are all lined up in support of him and they're all like, you know, Durant said, this is going to get taken care of. We're not worried about it. He's going to be out there. Kyrie said some crazy quotes today, if you ask me. I mean, he mostly didn't speak on it, but he said, you know, we can't have any distractions. We have to have be hyper-focused. We can't have any distractions. I was like, um, What? And then he was like, I'm going to, I want to get this quote exactly right. I do not want to mess this this up because I I almost couldn't believe that he said this. He said, um, let me get this right. I'm going to be out there as much as I possibly can. He says, says, I know I'm going to be there every day, no matter what, just be present for my teammates as one of the leaders on this team. No, how do you know that? You don't know that. This is, what, this is what was so frustrating about him saying, you know, privacy. I mean, I get the uh, privacy about whether you got the vaccine or not. I completely understand that. But when you say, I'll be there every day for my team, we're, and, I, and we can't have distractions, and then you are you absolutely are not going to be there. It's day one and you're not there. It's day one that's a distraction. I'm like, what? So um, th- I I wonder if that's going to get frustrating for the teammates, especially teammates who had this same hesitancy or a similar hesitancy and said, you know, I've got to make a business decision. Um, and then there's the fact, then there's this other thing hanging out there, which it's forgetting, it's easy to forget. Kyrie is negotiating a contract extension right now. And so is James Harden. And uh, I asked Harden about it today and Kyrie did get asked um, by someone else about it. Neither one of them have signed it. And if you're the Brooklyn Next, um, Kyrie is eligible for, he can, you know, earlier this summer, Durant signed a four-year extension, two hundred million. Kyrie is eligible to sign a four-year extension uh, right now, and it's it's for one hundred sixty million, and that's relevant because if he doesn't sign his extension, he can be a free agent next summer. So this is an important thing.
2: Meanwhile, Durant's locked in.
0: Right, Durant's locked in, and Durant's at Durant is compliant. He's there today, and I'm thinking how. And I understand that if you're signing a player like Kyrie to a four-year extension, you're not worried about this particular bump in the road. But how can you sign a guy to an extension? How can you say, here's $160 million when this is happening to your organization? Um, And I was talking to an agent today. Well, I just can't. I just can't say this. I want to say it. I just can't.
2: Yeah, don't get yourself in trouble. I'm gonna stop you.
0: Um, I just, I will say this: the, the, Net, the Nets organization has shown an incredible patience with Kyrie.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and it is probably there's a good chance it can be rewarded because they have a team that, that very well could win it all, and then you're gonna forget about all this.
2: But Spears, well, today,
0: I, I don't, today is the day. You know,
2: you yeah. know,
0: and like I couldn't get a question into Kyrie. But, one of the questions I wanted to ask him was, "Do you even want a contract extension?" The way he talks about his interest level in the game and everything. Now, today he was talking about building a team for a long time, so my guess is he would say yes. But can you, as the can can you, as your organization under the current circumstances, say, "Here, here's 160 million dollars, Kyrie, even though it's the best decision, you know, for your team." It's I don't know how you can do
2: it. Yeah. I mean, he's. He's elite talented. He's um, elite. That's
0: why he's there.
2: I mean, if, if you have that power when you're that good, and he is that good, you also can't lose him for nothing. So, like when I look at the Denver situation, right, I look at Porter being signed, Gordon being signed, like all the money, somebody getting traded there at some point, man. <laughs> like, but they have the assets. Yeah, Michael
0: Porter Jr. uh, signed a max contract today. Yeah,
2: so they'll figure the rest out later, but they got the assets. And so I think Kyrie is on a much higher level than those two guys are in, in Denver. So you have to play the business game. You have to get them to sign. And then I think both sides figure the rest out later.
0: Yeah, so, and then I asked Harden about it because Harden is in an interesting situation. He can sign uh, a three year contract extension for, let me get what Bobby Marks told me today. I don't want to get it wrong because uh, he knows everything. Um, So, right now, if Harden won, by the way, it's four and 182 million for Kyrie. I think I said that wrong. He could sign for four and 182. Harden right now could sign for three and 161. Um, he has this year on his contract and a player option for next year. So he could add three and have a five-year contract. Um, if Harden plays this season out and signs a whole new contract, not an extension, a whole new contract, he like, cut, like uh, Kawhi just did um, for, the, uh, for the Clippers, Kawhi said some weird stuff today, but we're just not going to get to it. We'd have to save it for later in the week. when the could Oh, happen.
2: I do not even know this.
0: We just don't have room. It does. room. Lots of stuff happens today. We just can't get to it all. Yeah. So Kyrie could sign a five-year, $242 million contract next year if he doesn't extend right now. And Harden could sign a five-year, $250 million-plus deal. So the difference between signing now for Harden, three and, three and 161 versus five and 250. So I asked James this exact thing today. It's a huge amount of money difference if you don't extend now. And obviously if you don't extend now, you open up the possibility he's going to be a free agent. Now, I don't think he's going anywhere, but we're talking about a free agent class next year that would be Zach Levine and (laughs) a bunch of role players. Uh, What happens if Kyrie and um, and Harden potentially are on the market? Uh, This is an important thing. And Harden said... I'm not worried about money. Uh, I have money. If you win in New York, money will come. I think that there's a big difference between 160 million and 250 million. Um, but those are hanging over the nets right now. And so they got to deal with these situations. And when Sean Marks, the GM, signed Durant, which was a great moment for their organization, locked him in, he said, I hope to have these two done by the start of training camp. Training camp started, they're not done. And Harden and Kyrie said they're talking, but neither one of them sounded like they were ready to sign.
2: Why, why so, do you think that is?
0: Because I think it's more money. It makes more sense if they wait it out. Yeah. And so it just, it, it increases, you know, it turns the heat up on this.
2: You know? Like how, do you, you how, know? Does Durant, how do you think Durant feels?
0: Well, KD was as cool as a cucumber today. Yeah. So, um, I mean, for everything the Harden's been through, I don't. I think he's staying there. Yeah. But you know, like, if they don't extend, they're you know one of the things that Kawhi said today was, if if I had done another one plus one deal, another you know one year plus player option instead of the four year four year four year deal, he said, I wouldn't have been able maybe been able to play this season. Because he would have felt too much pressure on the injury, and with the four-year contract, he feels more protection on the knee, which was interesting thinking because it's the inverse of the way he's operated in the past. Um, But again, it's (laughs) it's that's another story. Um, It's still the, the, the contract extension issues to me are a very important thing for the Nets. Not as important as what they do on the court this year and go for a championship. But to me, it's a very important thing for them to get done not only because it locks them in, but it locks them in at less money, which gives them more flexibility. And it also takes off the possibility that something goes sideways this year. And all of a sudden these guys say, I don't want to be here. So there's just, there's a lot riding on that team right now, as good as they are. Um, and one other thing I want to point out that Durant said that um, I would have written a story about if like this is the thing so much happened with this with this vaccine <laughs> stuff I could barely get the contract stuff in I had to like force it into the bottom of my story and in the back end of these shows I was doing on ESPN today. LaMarcus Aldridge comes out and gives this you know sort of long tale about how he got himself into a place where he could feel comfortable playing with his heart condition. It's an it's an incredible, multi-layered, like, story. And, like, how, we couldn't get to it.
2: <laughs> we, he we he couldn't. didn't even jump past David Letterman, probably. Like,
0: no, no. David Letterman <laughs> was much higher on the board. And, um, and so Durant said something today that I thought was interesting, which <laughs> I liked. Um, he, you know, somebody asked him about, did you feel like, you know, when you saw the Bucks win the title, that if you had just been an inch behind the line – that two was a three that you would have maybe won the title. And Durant was like, hell no. He's like, do you see what I had to do in that series? I had to play every minute of every game. He's like, do you think I could have done that for two more series? Actually, by the way, I think he might have been able to. He's like, do you, like, you think James – he's like, hamstring injuries don't get better that fast. Do you think James is all of a sudden going to get miraculously better in the next round? He, he basically was like – which, you know, the reason I'm going, you know, I hate – the concept that there's an asterisk attached to any, any uh any title. So him saying this, you know, this is he's preaching to a choir on this. I'm like, you know, damn right. Um, uh, so, but that like that was one thing he said that I thought was a really important thing. That I was like, yeah, Kevin, I, I agree with you. I don't think you guys would have won if you were 100 healthy, you know. But Kyrie was nowhere close to returning, and James was limping. So but we can't even get to that. Can't even get to that. Um, because it's really just all about what's sitting on the, on the tee for the Nets right now, Spears.
2: Yeah. And and unfortunately in this league, this is going to be the (laughs) storyline. This is going to be the headline. This is going to dominate. And um, it is what it is, right? No, it's um, I, I guess the interesting thing gonna see is is how much fight do these guys have in them and we're also gonna find out soon who the other guys are that perhaps because of the cities they're in didn't get i guess exposed i don't know if that's the right word yet you know but
1: maybe um, not the right word for this yeah (laughs) um
2: uh that are gonna you know when they go to san francisco suddenly they're not playing when they go to
0: New York, the visiting teams are allowed to play. I don't. The other thing is New York; you only need one shot. San Francisco, you need to have them both. And I would assume that you would have to be two weeks off your second shot for you to be qualified, unless I guess I don't know if they accept the Johnson and Johnson shot. Yeah. No. Um, but even if Wiggins changed, had a change of heart in a week or two weeks, it might take some time. To uh, him, freaking him to qualify, well, I, but yeah,
2: I mean, I guess in his, uh, hey, look, I can't speak for him, but I wonder if he does do it. He just gets to Johnson and Johnson and just says, "All right, I'm ready. Let's go."
0: No, I think there were some people who that happened to, yeah. you know, in the last couple of days, and that's what the, the, the that's what they're trying to get to. Before we go, uh, Lopez, I wanted to say something. I wanted to have you talk about what Zion actually said besides his foot injury today where he, you know, there had been some rumors that have popped up in the offseason. There was a story in the the New Orleans newspapers last week um, about Zion's relationship with David Griffin, the general manager. There was a um, uh, a, a comical anecdote that David Griffin, uh, in an effort to charm Zion Williamson, played him a song on the piano. Yes. um,
1: Which (laughs) is funny.
0: And what did Zion say about that today? Uh, uh zion just finished
1: surprised. he finished the press conference today with uh a little joke about that and he's like guys if you think i'm gonna let a grown man come and play piano for me in my hotel room you got another thing coming and then he just walked <laughs> off the stage uh
0: i do i do like the concept of there being a knock on zion's door and he opens it up and it's griff and he's got he's he's holding a you know a sony you know <laughs> gi- one of those like giant keyboards under his arm and just Fine, I would sit over there. I have something, something I want. Yeah, um, I did see.
2: He, uh, I did see Rick Carlisle once play the piano unexpectedly at Harrison Barnes' wedding.
0: Mm, like that humble brag montage?
2: No, <laughs> no, it, no, no, that it was just. Uh, it was odd.
0: What did he play?
2: I don't remember the song that he played, but I I know that he um, went up to Harrison and his, and his now wife Brittany. And he had a wedding in Rhode Island, and there was a piano there. He's like, hey, guys, um, you know, they have a schedule. You know, you, you're married, right? Like, there's a schedule. And he just walked up, and he goes, hey, guys, um, I'm going to play a couple songs, okay? They're like, uh, sure. And he just went to the piano and started playing a couple songs. And then after that, he... Got up and Was he, there a DJ
0: or a band that he was usurping? Uh, no, he just—it
2: was so. Did he boss. sing? Did he sing or did he just play? I think he sang too. Oh my god! And then, and then at the end of it, he said, "I want uh, Harrison's North Carolina family to stand up. I want his Warriors family to stand up. I want his Dallas Mavericks family to stand up." And um, so, it was, you know, it, it was like I—I—I I, I thought he was the host for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then I talked to Harrison about it later. He's like, "No, all that was a surprise. They didn't know he was going to do all that. Wow. he told him that he does that at weddings. like Carlisle does that does <laughs> like uh, impromptu gift entertainment with playing a piano.:
0: <laughs> I have a gift for you. Here it is. I really want to find out what songs he played. Um, I'm, I'm by the next podcast, I will know what songs he played. That's my promise to you.
2: Yes, Yeah, that's um, H- HB H.B will tell you. I'm sure he remembers. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, no, I'll just go. I'll just ask Rick. Um,
2: oh, he definitely remembers.
0: It's his his repertoire. His uh, his, his, uh, his I mean, sweet he was good. He it was. It was
2: surprisingly good. It was just, you know, kind of caught us by surprise too.
0: Did you uh, put some bread in his jar?
2: No. <laughs> no. Nah, um, he makes enough money.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. So, Andrew, but before we go, uh, Zion, yeah. um, in sort of an effort, I guess, to beat back any um, a concept of his unhappiness, he kind of, in, in my mind, it was the most strong love letter he's given in New Orleans. I don't know if uh, you would agree with that, but could you brief us
1: out on that real quick? Yeah, here's the, the quote itself. And he, he was, he, you know, he did the same thing he did in Madison Square Garden where he's like, I'm glad you asked me that question. Uh, (laughs) that's not a good
0: thing that means that he was
1: pre-thinking about that Madison Square Garden thing before going into it and what Zion said was I love it here I love the city of New Orleans I don't want to be anywhere else to the um oh his sources on this were per me per per Zion Williamson. on these um he added that little part in there he added it's all love with me and Griff we're both competitors we both want to win do we disagree on some things yes but no one agrees on everything, bringing up the disagreement on the original timeline for his return from the, knee, from the knee injury during his rookie year, when he, he had kind of mentioned before publicly that uh, I think he wanted to come back a little bit sooner than what he did. He didn't necessarily like. Yes, and burst. keep that in mind as he declares, he intends to play on opening night with that broken foot. All right, go right. on. Mentions the, you know, he didn't like the burst that he was playing in the four minute burst that we all remember the San Antonio game his opener where, he hits the four three pointers in the fourth quarter. The place is going wild. The roof's about to blow off. But it's off. more than just that, Andrew, because he also wanted them to keep Lonzo Ball, among yes. other things. Right? Mentioned Lonzo Ball today. I asked him about that, about bringing in, you know losing Lonzo, and he said, you know, look, I, you know, he had to go get get his money and go do that. So good, good for him to be able to go to Chicago. But the the statement today was probably the 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 strongest. I guess you could say it was the strongest statement he had made on the city itself and on the team probably since his rookie season when there was the, uh, you know, if, if he wanted to be here at all or all that kind of stuff. So for him, I think it was a, a strong statement. I don't know, you know, I'd, I'd see some, I'd like to see some action before, but you know, we'll we'll, well see how far this goes. Yeah. Right. Well, he can't, his, his statement. Will yeah, be there's made only, next yeah, there's only so much he can do right now until yeah. next so
0: summer. It's yeah. But I think it's, I think it's relevant to point out. Um, yeah. So he said that. Uh, okay. Well, we got to a lot of stuff we didn't get to at all, but um, we'll have another Who's podcast.
2: The stuff
1: point guard for the Pelicans, we will we will find out. I don't think that's set in stone just yet. It might be Devontae Graham. Uh, I'm hoping it's Nikhil Alexander Walker, so I can win a win a bet against Zach Lowe. But uh, I, it could be could be Devonte. Could be. What are the terms of the that? Bet? Uh I believe it is a beer. Uh, I don't drink, so I don't know what my terms are yet. So I'll uh, I guess Zach intends to win. Yeah. So I don't, I'll, I'll figure it out. And I, All right. I some talking today, I, I feel strongly that I, I feel a little bit more strong that Zach might win. I'm still going to hold uh, on.
0: Well, th- they paid Graham the money. So
1: I know that uh, they drafted, you know, Griff drafted
0: uh, uh, Mikhail Walker, but um, he Alexander Walker, but
1: uh, it, uh, okay. You know what? It could be both of them. We'll
0: find oh. out. Oh, that'd be an interesting decision. Uh, okay. Thanks Spears. Thanks, Andrew. Um, thank you to Jackson, our producer. We, we, we're back at the two. We're back to the two podcast uh, uh, a week because uh, we got a lot to talk about. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you uh, later this week.
2: Enjoy New York, man. Tell Tim myself what's up. I'll be out of here in the morning. All right. All right take care. Guys.